and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. Every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we're going to be talking about The Watcher on Netflix. It is a true crime series from Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan. Um, I think we maybe mentioned it a little bit in some past episodes, but Jordan, I think you were the first one to check it out and seemed pretty excited about it. I was the initiator, as they call it, on in podcast land. Yeah, yeah, that is what yeah, they say. That's the common term. Um, yeah, I mean, I love uh like all of the psychological stuff based on books i mean that's not fair i i'm always intrigued and tempted to watch it doesn't always turn out very well and i didn't actually read the watcher but it's just like based on book based on a true story those things or always get magazine me. article in this case yeah whatever right. based on is right. the key. <laughs> dot 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 um Ryan Murphy was a bit of a detraction for me initially because he's so over the top and I don't think over the top works with the thriller psychological vibe. It kind of like can be a little ham handed, but I feel like, and Daryl correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I feel like he showed some restraint. Like, yes, I think that's right. I feel like it was a lot it, it didn't annoy me. I I liked it. So that was a good sign. There was times when it still kind of creeped in. Ryan Murphy creeped in. But I think <laughs> it really excelled when I didn't feel like it was a Ryan Murphy program, which was a lot of it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Like I couldn't feel him. Yeah. Which was good because normally you feel him so emphatically that like, like, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah. But that's like what you want out of an auteur. <laughs> I think there's like different sides of him too. I mean, and also of course, like a TV show has so many different creative people involved. And so it's it's harder for one person to dominate anyway. But I think there are some shows like we reviewed The Politician that I think there are certain tendency and tendencies of his that come across way more strongly. And when he does uh, crime shows, like obviously he did um, uh, and continues to do American Crime Story, Mm -hmm. He tends to be a little bit not as American kind of horror over the story, American American crime story. I, th I think American horror story is pretty over the top. I think American crime story is he's a little bit more restrained. I didn't know there was two different. That's not like my ballpark. I don't play there. That was <laughs> the one they did an OJ one. Yeah, he did people. Oh, versus crime OJ story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now yeah. I know what we're talking. Which about. Which I think is yeah. probably the my favorite thing he's done. Which to and and that is one that he was relatively not involved with the writing. I think mostly he directed rather than uh, wrote, uh, which is in The Watcher, he actually is probably, he and Ian Brenner are like the main writers, but it, it does feel more restrained to me, uh, except there are still, there is still the kind of, not that he's the only one who does this, but he clearly enjoys just bringing on character actors to play weird people who just kind of show up and they're like, hey, yeah, we're weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Look at the how casting weird I was am. fantastic yeah. in it's The Watcher. Cast. Like, it was just spot on, it felt like. And I do love, I mean, I was a little bit, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say that, like, we don't get many answers. Is that? I don't think that's a huge spoiler. I think that's a real yeah. life thing. that Right, because it's based on the thing. If you're following the story, you know that we don't have answers to the real story. So, yeah. like... We don't get many answers, but I felt like 
the way that it ended gave just enough information and just enough kind of like uh lead away or whatever to like leave you feeling somewhat satisfied like as satisfied as you can watching a show about an unsolved mystery right yeah i i mean i think it was like yeah i don't think that part is necessarily that important to it it's starting to feel a bit like the story is more about all the impacts of the mystery and they announced season two and so you're, did you they can see i was they wondering did. about that yeah yeah oh thank god because like i'm satisfied but like i need to know what the fuck I, is going on and i really hope we don't lean into like supernatural stuff because like i felt like it did a good job of like all of the things that have happened so far could have happened in the natural world mm-hmm. and I find those things so much more compelling for whatever reason, like the ghosts and the hauntings and stuff just never well, they they're always not real. fall flat to me. Exactly. Cause it's like, okay, just don't be crazy. And then you won't be worried about hauntings. Right. Um, whereas like someone potentially sneaking in and out of your house and fucking about is really scary and like palpable. Yeah. But you know what though? I think that it's just going to, it's no coincidence that they announced the Sandman season two recently. Yeah. It's going to be a crossover. It's a multiverse. Dream did it, or like the Corinthian or whatever. He did it all. The end. That that will definitely happen. Yeah. I I mean, it is, what's striking to me when I even, and and I've only seen two episodes of the show, whereas uh, both Daryl and Jordan have seen the whole thing, but even before I watched it, it was a little bit hard for me to wrap my head around how there was a show here because a lot of what happens is pretty low stakes by movie standards in the sense that like, it's the, so the set, the mystery, the central mystery is just this, you know, family moves into this really nice house in the New Jersey suburbs and they start to get these crazy letters uh, that are like threatening, but not just like, Hey, I'm going to kill you. But they're also sort of alluding to things about the history of the house and knowing things about the family. Um, And, but, but as you said, in real life, there's not really a lot of resolution to this story. It just sort of gets worse, bad. There's also not a lot of like physical violence or damage. There's no real consequence of the stuff. It's all up here. It's all in your head a little. I mean, not all. There's some stuff that happens that like, is unfortunate and i think like the son's pet gets hurt or something oh is that real does that stuff is that part real i think it's real. Oh, i don't know i think he really yeah i mean it was a shared experience among multiple characters and then you don't see the ferret anymore so i think the ferret got killed no i mean in the show but did that happen in real life it did, oh it i don't based know on, yeah uh, I, don't know. Uh, I don't know I've read summaries of the article, but I haven't been able to bring myself to yeah, who's read the gonna, whole article. Who's going to read the whole article? It's really long. They also made a whole show about it. We just watched that. Right. You could read. <laughs> you could spend 30 to 45 minutes reading the article, or you could spend eight hours watching the show. <laughs> but eight hours that would feel like 10 minutes. Yeah. And you don't have to, like, uh, you know, trace the lines of the letters with your eyes and then translate that into some kind of brain signal. You don't have to use any imagination at all. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I, it was interesting that it was like psychological warfare that was like infectious and contagious. Mm -hmm. And I also think there's a bit of a vibe to it, like a, like a culty one versus many vibe as well that like, there's something about experiencing something that makes you feel like you're losing your mind and having everyone around you be like, yep, you're losing your mind. And you're like, no, like, right. I need you to tell me that like, this is weird. And they're like, no, it's not weird. And it's so like, that just sends you. Yeah. It just sends you. And so I think that from a feeling perspective, right. Like from an empathy perspective, I think those were the moments that were like the, some of the most impactful. It wasn't necessarily like receiving a letter or it was like the sheriff being like, I guess I could send another cop car down your street. Like, but whatever, there's not much I can yeah, do. And like, you're just like, down. no, do something, you know, like, yeah. Shooter McGavin, help us out. <laughs> that is shooter McGavin, isn't it? Yeah, sure is. It's great uh, to see he's still working. Yeah. I mean, he's fantastic. <laughs> You know, his range, he doesn't have a much range. ESPN I would say. 8, the Ocho. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I like the, I like that, those parts, but I did like the letters. I thought they did a really good job of making them really creepy because of the weird, uh, ambiguous voiceover work. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Mm -hmm. I am the watcher. Yeah. My, my sense is that the those letters are pretty close or maybe even identical to what they were in reality That's, which is pretty yes. wild yeah that is i did look into that and yeah i think it's word for word basically um the letters so so here's a question well maybe that's a question for spoilers i don't know how much i can do of this without diving into spoilers mm -hmm. so you guys share your like high levels because yeah, yeah high levels is like it felt to me it was kind of guilty pleasure show like it was like this is a little goofy but like in a fun way and it, i don't watch like i don't watch genuinely scary stuff that much so to me this was like didn't pass that bar like i was never like uh oh i'm worried about the stuff killing me or whatever but i was like oh this is fun and like creepy and the people are creepy and the acting is good and there's some good shots in there too of like there's some really good shots of um you know, Bobby Cannavale. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, the main guy. He's the dad, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Really good shots of him just looking really, like, haggard and, like, mm. almost corpse-like because of how his, like, exhaustion and his, like, mental stress and madness. And I thought that was good. And I like the way his character was good. I like the, the character development on him. And, like, he's got this past where he's, like, bankruptcy and he's still kind of a sketch bag and stuff right like that stuff is all good yeah, yeah i like all that i i think it's important too that you bring up exhaustion and like where this show plays in the spectrum of things that are scary because like for me it fell way more on the side of like addictive like i need more right. hit yeah. me more than exhausting which i think like some shows like the servant and stuff like that like you can binge two, maybe two and a half episodes of the for at least for me of the servant and be like i gotta tap out i'll come back later mm. whereas this was like you know i could i could keep going i could just keep going and finish it i yeah. felt i mean i i think i 
went in pretty skeptical because I was just like, I don't, I'm not really interested in, in the story and don't understand why it's a TV show. Um, <laughs> and okay. I think that, yeah. Mr. And I mean, I think, it, I think over here. No, it's you, true though. Cause I do this all the time and nobody ever writes a fucking article about it or makes it into a movie. <laughs> Send creepy letters to all my neighbors. They never even say anything about it. It's a shame. And, and I do feel like, okay, this is actually a really well-made show. Everyone's doing a good job. Um, you know, particularly Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale as the two leads, you you get a sense of why they're in this situation, why it's really tough for them. I like the sense that, uh, and which I think has been true of like some other kind of like haunted house stories, even though in this case, there's nothing supernatural, where it's also a story about like finances and real estate and the fact that they're sort of trapped in this house or trying to like make it work. Um, or should they sell it at a loss, even though they really don't have a financial cushion? Um, I think all that stuff is is really interesting. Um, so I think like for this story, it seems like a really well done show. I still just don't have much interest in the story. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, all right, that's fine. Uh, th- it's right. fine that this show exists. I don't really care for it. Yeah. You should just watch for What's Her Face. Hi. Who? Lips. Oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer. Oh, Coolidge. she she's is very really good in it. She elevates surprise it. To see, I think quite it. a bit. Yeah, she's amazing. Her ability to do because th- that's like the nice. What I like about the show is that it is genuinely really funny in parts, but I think it's mostly down to her and her execution of some stuff where it's. And there's stuff where it's like it seems like she has a different writer sometimes, or maybe I guess she's she could be improvising those. I don't know, right? But like I wouldn't put it past her at all. Yeah. So that she she's on another level, I think, from everybody else in the cast in terms of being like both credible and like you know when she's the subject of scary stuff, it works really well too. But then she's also really funny. And Mitch and Mo brought some comedy. Oh yeah, too. they did too. Yeah. And whoever the aunt or the sister who lives in the other house, the other watcher house, I thought yeah. she was pretty funny too. I mean, the, the lady like, who's like, uh, like the preservation society lady. No, no, you haven't seen that far. Oh, okay. Anthony is the lady who lives in the other super big Victorian house that they go talk to. Who's all, her house was also being watched. Hmm whoever that lady is was pretty funny just because she lives in this like perfect pristine house and has like a lot of bloated ego about it but she also uh, is just like screaming profanities and be like that fuck twat la la oh and the wife like, the ex-wife of what's his name right the ex-wife of the guy who really likes everything like every house the house loving man uh, no, the house loving man the, was really good too i like that guy not the ex-wife the one who lives in the house the guy who loves the houses was best friends with the boy who lived at the other house and then the boy grew up and his sister ended up inheriting it it's like a big brick oh okay i kind of remember that you're not uh, remembering it so. no i don't remember it but there's too many there's lots of characters there's lots of in characters. The show. i like the detective too she's from um the undoing the un yeah the undoing right mm-hmm. yeah she was great she was fantastic yeah but yeah margot martindale you mentioned i mean fantastic and richard after... kind also great mia yeah. farrow is there uh-huh that's that's pigtails right yeah. Pigtail yeah. Braids. Yeah, yeah she i mean that was a pretty good performance considering she plays like a, a super weirdo yeah yeah mm. All right, so should we move into spoilers then? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you have not seen the entire first season of The Watcher, you should stop listening now. So yeah, what well, spoil it up? What what do we want to talk about? I mean, I just want to get to the bottom of the mystery. Which is not, yeah. to be clear, is not explained in in the first season of the show. Do you, given that it's and never, won't probably ever be right? Because it seems like, I mean, if they want to keep it based on a true story, unless they're pulling like a Game of Thrones season four moment. You mean where they sort of just diverge from the source? Yeah, they're material. just like whatever. Oh, we're oh gonna yeah, because they have to diverge right away. I think I don't think there's any yeah, because like the story's been told. Right? Yeah, right. they already went way past the story. Yeah, my. My sense is that this is, I mean, A, that, I mean, I guess they they wanted to do more, but also because, you know, this and Monster are kind of the two, after, you know, Ryan Murphy, a few years ago, he signed this mega deal with Netflix for $300 million. He's done a bunch of stuff for the for Netflix, but I don't think any of it has really been like a huge hit or particularly critically acclaimed. And then suddenly he, like, you know, within a very short period of time, he had these two true crime things and both of them have like just skyrocketed it looks like from like a ratings perspective and um and and so immediately Netflix was like okay let's do more of that let's let's this is finally you've got some that's working for us let's go yeah I mean but you it sounds like you want there to be more you're excited about it Jordan I want there to be more because I think that there's a lot to like tangle out of this so like I think the when I sat down to watch it, I was with my sister and her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was like, it's a cult. The whole neighborhood's in a cult. And like, that's what's happening. Oh, there's theories. Oh, that felt very like that felt in line with all the information that we got in the following episodes, basically like to uh, some extent, everyone's kind of in on it. Well, they they were, but they only like the other ones are only kind of like, inducted into i feel like the preservation society starts to become that but it doesn't start out as that it just starts out as mia farrow and brother and and also also the other guy who that was like the other guy is a big part of it i love him and now i love him even more because you're like wait a minute that whole murder family story was made up so who the fuck is this guy totally exactly and like I mean, even the English teacher owed to a house like he feels even though he seems to come in later, mm. like. Who is that actor, by the way? He's really good. He's... He is really good. I There's like this thing about it that I'm a little worried about if we go into season two, which is like I said, I was happy that it didn't feel primarily supernatural, but it does feel a little bit like a sickness, like by the end so anthony just since you don't care at all mm-hmm. like at the very end they move out of the house they sell it to uh jennifer coolidge okay. and she's starting to get haunted basically like her sh- weird shit is happening she's getting phone calls and like her bathtub overflows and stuff and then like they that. kill her some animal right they kill this... her dog oh yeah. yeah she has a dog yeah yeah that's right so that shit's happening to her too and you see the husband parked outside in like the very last scene. You see the husband parked outside the house watching it, right? He's and, like, I'm stuck in traffic. Yeah, and Nora he lies to his him. wife and says, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. I'll be home soon. Like, I'm glad we let go of the house. Like, everything's better now. Like, we're moved on. 
and he pulls away and a car pulls up behind him and it's her. (laughs) It's unclear whether or not she's watching him or the house, but it feels like she's also watching the house. Like she's, but she's aware of him. So they get like, she knows he's lying. I think they make that because she's watching after where it departed. So there's like, but yeah, you're like, Oh, these two are now in it. Like, yeah, I like that part of it too, where it's this feeling of like, it's an expanding Contagion. sickness that, yeah, yeah. like anybody right. who comes near it becomes part of the, becomes another watcher effectively, right? Right, that there's not just a singular, wa- that there's sort of the watcher who sends the letter, but then everyone sort of takes on that role at different times. Well, and yeah. the husband was found to have written one of the watcher letters. So like, whoa, to what extent? What? He wrote the last one. He wrote the last one because he felt like he was in too deep financially because he had taken a loan to remodel and... <sighs> So, I mean, there are like a billion unanswered questions about who is this guy who did the murder family and is hanging out with Preservation Society. We find there are tunnels that go from other houses into the house. There was a dude living down there who seems to be the same guy as murder family. And then there's a point where Preservation Society lady, Pigtails Mia, says they're on to us. So she feels like a big part of it, but she could be just talking about the preservation society because her house is completely untouched for like 80 years, like interior, exterior, all the same. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then there's the- Mitch and Mo who faked their own deaths. Whoa. Okay. Well, they didn't, I- they didn't. Well, they kind of did bro. They, well, their story, which is not def- refuted in the thing is that they were just away on vacation in Florida and then their son who it turns out is a drug addict and also crazy um killed two homeless people and then Holy staged shit. it to claim their insurance money wow and, like he's in jail by the end of it and no, they never seem to like indicate we were in on that or anything yeah but then they show up at preservation society meetings except well only the one cuz the other guy did actually die yeah, Mitch ended Mitch up dying of a heart attack just or being sadness. Old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's just like it just is a onion that you peel back the layers, but like inside the layer is another onion. You know, like it's yeah. just nonstop. Oh, and questions. the best. One of my favorite parts was when so Theodora eventually dies too, like succumbs to the cancer. Mm-hmm. But the Literally. last thing she does is say like. I did. It was, I was the watcher and here's everything I did and it works perfectly. But then I forget how they realized. No, he just, he starts talking to a neighbor and he's like, your neighbor, Theodora, it was her all along. Oh yeah. Cause she says it was my house and I lived here. Right. But yeah. And she's like, your neighbors were the Allens and they were private. And I still know them to this day. A black woman never lived in this house and a black woman never was a this black woman was never a member of the country club and she had to have been lying and he they go to the funeral for Theodora and talk to the daughter and they're like your mom said she was a watcher what's up with that and the daughter's like yeah well we just I think she just didn't want to die with an unsolved mystery it was easier for her to like fake it for you and for her. Yeah, like she wanted to solve it for her. And then like, even though it seems like, oh, how could you betray me? At least like she thought it would be a better cure to like give them an answer, right? To 
than to leave them like with Bobby being obsessed over what actually happened, which turns oh, out to be right, right. We totally forgot too about like the little security, 19 year old security guy and the daughter and the daughter telling the world that her father's racist and all of that. That was a pretty intense yeah. subplot as well. That was because it was like basically. And you don't know what side he's on, really. I mean, you yeah. kind of do towards the end. You feel like he's on their side, but there's a lot of bumps the guard. in that. You're part. not sure what side the guard is. Yeah, because yeah. he did, you know, he did like install a, another camera in their bedroom without them being aware of it. And it captures this girl who's there to make it look like the guy's having an affair, except she's just being weird and creepy and like, yeah, like sitting in the corner and like go and they're like, we got you. And he's like, but I don't, I didn't sleep with her. Like, it's just a video of her being weird in my bedroom, which is a true. He doesn't wake up the whole time. <laughs> it's like it ruined my life. It's like, okay, I guess so. And then, what actually ruins his life though is like yeah the daughter going on tiktok and being like my dad's racist and then everybody's talking about it because i guess she has a really big following on tiktok or something that includes all of his office mates and stuff yeah but, they're all following his daughter and i would be like so how did you see this so like wait, <laughs> you're wait following my 15 year old daughter <laughs> on tiktok but it's good too because she's she's 16 and they're like well you have to like arrest this black guy he's 19 and the police are like the age of consent, age of consent is, 16 is 16 here <laughs> <They're> just like <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i mean bobby kind of always character does seem like not a great dad in the sense that he's super uh overly kind of critical and protective of yeah. her of his yeah and, and but that seems to be something that happened when he moved into the house again like i worry about the supernatural bit like is he being psychologically changed by the pressure of the house in a way that changes him and makes him bear down more or is there something like actually haunting i think he's just kind of a messed up person overall like he seems stable at first but the more we learn about him the more it's like oh you were messed up like kind of free this like you always had problems and you're right which right. fine right people have problems but like yeah i get the sense because even nora's like she seems to not be just realizing that he's weird with the daughter. She seems to like think like, oh, this is the continuation of an ongoing problem that you have this yeah. fixation. But even from the start, it seems like there's this dynamic where like he'll immediately crack down on the daughter for anything, whether it's just like wearing lipstick or something. And then Nora will sort of just try to stay out of the fight, essentially. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think the other thing that came up in what I've seen is also that at one point he he's really upset about not making partner and his boss yeah. is like, and you know, kind of like you haven't really been pulling your way to work. And, and then he, you know, uh, Bobby kind of is like, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's just been a crazy time. We've moving in all this crazy. He's like, no, no, no. It's been three or four years. Yeah. Since yeah. You've really brought your A game to work. Yeah. That was good too. Yeah. It was another piece of like, you're just seeing a slice, but like, don't mistake it for the house ca casting magic powers on him. But I think they did a pretty good job of making it like, this is not supernatural because they also just kept showing the watcher when he was doing bad shit. Like when he kills the animals, they always show a person who's like wearing like, yeah. you know, robber gear or whatever. But like it's a human being, right? So if as the show continues, I mean, who knows if it'll be two or three or whatever seasons, do you Probably think... Probably 15. 
That's my prediction. <laughs> Great Do you one. have a desire or a prediction in terms of whether or not they'll ever reveal uh, who the original Watcher is? I would definitely like them to. I'm going to feel mad if they don't because it's I, like I'm not gonna the I'm going to feel bad if they end the season without any answers or end the show, I'm sorry, without any answers right. because that's like very lost. Like you asked too many questions, you didn't have enough answers and then you ended up having to do like this stupid answer. back flip twist in order yeah to like make everything make sense i think they have too many questions but i think they're still within the realm of answerability and i just want them to be careful in season two to continue on the thread of the questions they've asked feed slowly feed answers and if they're not going to get another season to have a version a draft in place that closes the loop and it does feel like a multi-party situation um so yeah i think i want to know what their take on it is yeah but well, here's my th theory based on the series to date i think it's the daughter because they kind of like just kept like giving you reasons to suspect that it like she has all the motivation to do all of the switches like including um what Cause she was like, Oh, I never, I never wanted to move to this place. You guys are all assholes. So she has the motivation to try to get them to leave. But then she also has the motivation to stop. And then all like when she get falls in love with the guy and actually is mad that they're moving out. And then she has the motivation to try to get them back into the house by getting what's her name out of it. Like she has all of the reasons to do everything. And she's also shown that she's like fully willing to destroy her father in order to get her yeah. way or do whatever needs to be done. Right. And she even like articulates that directly, but I think they did, they never actually bring her into the direct circle of suspicion, which is what makes me think it's her. Cause they yeah, give you I a lot of right on the motive points. Like yeah. she, she's aligned motivationally with everything that happens. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's just hard to ignore the general oddness. Like, the sheriff has a Lamborghini and Jennifer Coolidge is setting up all these LLCs and fucking with them and manipulating them. And I mean, don't even get me started on Mia and mystery man and brother, like what the fuck is going on there? So I think the key here, Tony Romo, if I have to answer your question is not necessarily who is the watcher, which is the mm -hmm. biggest question. It's like, what the fuck is going on with everyone else? <laughs> like, mm. You know, whether they're the watcher or not, like, I got to know who Mystery Man is and why he just like showed up randomly. And I got to know what made the teacher so weird. Yeah, there's a lot of other mysteries that are also going to be satisfying to follow and find out. That's true. They did a good job with that. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily matter to you guys if the solutions that you find have nothing to do with reality at that point. I think no. if they were to solve every other mystery and the watcher was still unknown, I could walk away from it and be okay. I still would want to know. And I would probably be a little bit upset about that. But th right now there's like four or five big, like what? Mm -hmm. And like, if we got four out of five, I would be cool with that. Yeah. The, I mean, the guy is so weird. Cause then they like, they really leave off the season. Well, to be clear, I don't think Theodora said that that was fake. Well, she the murder family thing. So the the sheriff said it was because he was like, "You think that I would like?" But I don't think he's to... trustworthy either. I know, 
but and then yeah there is indication that something happened because uh because the roger kaplan character the teacher character is like oh you look really familiar to me and then he's like oh yeah no you just saw me somewhere and then he's like how's the family and the guy's like pregnant pause pregnant pause and you're like what the fuck is going on with you weirdos did you kill your whole family yeah can't even keep track of it i feel like i need note taking for this show and then we forgot to mention at all the uh actor slash talent agent who lived there and was convinced that oh yeah mo and mitch were drinking the blood of children yeah what was that guy from he was really familiar uh, it's Seth Gable uh, or Gabel. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, he's Bryce Dallas Howard's husband. I think he was on. Let's see. Uh, he was on Fringe. That's oh, that's probably why him. I love yeah. Fringe. Of course, the greatest show ever made, and I've seen it like five times. <laughs> oh yeah, Lincoln Lee. Oh God, yes, that's right. I remember. Okay, he has a great face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really good for that role. Everything about him is believable in this role. When, as you find it out, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's a drug addict. He looks like one. Oh, yeah, that guy's a crazy guy. He looks like one. Oh, yeah, that guy's a character actor. He looks like one. Like, it all makes sense. It's really good. Um, do we have any final thoughts about season one of The Watcher? I think it's super addictive. I think it's cast fantastically. Um, we've got a lot up in the air. I'm really glad there's going to be a season two. And I think kudos to Ryan Murphy for not Ryan Murphying it up everywhere yeah, overdoing it. I think you, if you're inches away from the line, <laughs> let's yeah. just stay behind it, buddy. I think also the other thing I'll say is that I could probably watch the Joe Mantinello Mantello guy, the guy who plays John Graff, just like give weird speeches about religious retribution or whatever non-stop with, like, non-stop. with a sandwich in just, his hand yeah. that he's not actually hungry for anymore <laughs> love it oh he's really good at it just his he's intensity just like waving a excellent. knife around their kitchen can you imagine yeah. like part of the problem with this show is that like there are people around them that keep telling them they're crazy but like if you put yourself in their shoes right in mom and dad's shoes mm-hmm. like i would be unstoppable in figuring out a way to solve this. Mm. Like if the local police didn't listen to me, I'd be like, I'm going to the news. I'm going to the FBI. I'm going here. I'm going there. Like no matter the, I'm killing the dude in my kitchen with a knife who has no right to be there. Says the inspector, show me some fucking ID. Like, how do you not do Like that's the part I think that's unbelievable. Like, it you're was already... a good uh, cover, though, because it is, is a person that you don't want to get on the wrong side of, especially when you're doing massive renovations to, like, essentially a historical property, right? Like, kudos kind of, to him for like, figuring that I out. I don't care. You're a stranger, unannounced, making a sandwich in my kitchen, holding a knife. Stand your ground. Stand your ground law. I understand. Stand your ground. Exactly. That's a law in the United States. That means... Not all of it. <laughs> I don't know if that that's the case in New Jersey. It's in the free state of Florida, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's Daryl with you know his fucking Canadian bloodthirst. How about the midterms though? Hey, yeah, I mean that seems like it went uh, better than expected. I would say. I think much so. better. I yeah. feel I feel good about it. 
I feel good. I mean, it's funny because, you know, it's still the Republicans are still taking the House, but right. I mean, almost certainly. Um, but, you know, lots of lots of good news. And I think also every person who just confidently declared that there was going to be a red wave should feel bad today. And I hope. Yeah, they do. I hope you do. I By the way, we're, we're your pain. We're recording this on Wednesday, This, this which is why it's right. fresh in all of our minds. And also that we don't know the outcomes of a lot of the close Senate races. I realized yeah, I don't. don't. I've t- totally f- like filtered my bubbles so that I get no anything American from the politics. other side. No, no, no. Just from like Republicans or whatever. But oh, I think yeah. I would imagine they're just all raving on about how accurately they predicted everything and living in their own dream world of fantasy totally. and idiocy. I think a lot of it right now actually is <laughs> people are just like, what the fuck happened to this conversation? Oh, okay. But, um, but I think a lot of the, uh, what happened is, is also they're throwing Trump overboard. Or I think yes. there's a lot of people I who did want see a little to bit throw him overboard and they're basically, well, it's his him. candidates that should have, that basically underperformed their like gubernatorial counterparts. Like Kemp won by 20 points and Herschel Walker is, like neck and neck right. and it's gonna go to Kemp runoff. is like the guy who was like Trump Trump's a loser and crazy and I'm disassociating and Herschel Walker was like you know Trump is basically Jesus and you know you see how that plays out and that happened like in five or six different states so I think they're like oh the Trump MAGA candidates the Republicans aren't turning out for them or they're split voting or whatever in a way that shows us we probably shouldn't go with Trump. Meanwhile, DeSantis wins by like 20 points. So hmm. if Trump just can be shut up, then DeSantis will win probably in 2024 because the Democrats don't, in my opinion, the Democrats don't have a candidate that could replace what Biden. What are you, old Joe? Think, old Joe? I don't think Joe, either <laughs> Joe will run and lose to DeSantis or Trump will run against DeSantis and make the primary really difficult, which could tighten it up. But the Democrats don't have a Joe replacement at this time, in my opinion. So. Right. And Joe himself is not a Joe replacement. No, he's not. <laughs> I mean, I think he's going to run, and I, I'm not excited about that. But um, Right. Yeah. Did you see the... <laughs> this is a great... I'd rather twist back now, though, right? Because doesn't that... I think what's really important is 2030. I don't know. I'm like talking like I'm a political expert, but like <laughs> the new census and the map map redraw was so heavily Republican this year that like it's really fucked us for the next decade, basically. Yeah. I mean, I think the two things that I'm most happy about is that before whatever, you know, however much it swings back to red, like that they actually got real climate change legislation through and whether or not we'll see that happen again in our lifetimes, I don't know. But mm. that I think is is good. And uh, and the rest of it, I'm kind of like, who who knows? Yeah. And and just that, you know, uh, that it, it seems like Republicans did pay a serious electoral price for uh, overturning Roe versus Wade. Not as much as I would have liked, but, you know, at least it seems like that really did hurt them. It'll be interesting, too, to see if they, like, listen to that or if they continue on the war path. Because, yeah, I mean, that could be helpful. Hopefully they stay on the war path. Honestly. Right. If they keep uh, frittering away. Yeah. 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 Yeah, A bunch of states put abortion rights into their constitutions. That's a nice thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you so. go. That's the political segment here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you come for. 
come for the watcher, stay for the political expertise and act. I'm not going to put this in the show notes too. This is this is just going to be a surprise at the end. Or <laughs> their last five minutes, are like it seems like this is winding down. Why are there five more minutes in this, or ten <laughs> more minutes in this review? But uh, if you stuck around, thank you. <laughs> and if you have thoughts about really anything that's going on in the world, but especially season one of The Watcher, you can shoot us an email, originalcontentpod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Original Content. And of course, we always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Jordan and Daryl, I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.